This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. Keep listening for actionable tips and tricks to incorporate eco-friendly practices into your daily life. We've been featured by Apple as the number one podcast for conscious consumers, and we can't wait to welcome you into our community of changemakers. I'm Lisa. And I'm Laura. We're the founders of Brightly.eco, the new platform for conscious consumers. We believe in supporting all creatures, great and small. And our team of experts show you how to live and shop responsibly by sharing world-changing lifestyle ideas, products, and more. To read show notes from Good Together and to browse all of the planet-friendly goodness that we feature, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. And to help spread the word about the podcast, tap on this episode and share Good Together with your friends and family. A simple text message helps us grow and create change around the world. Brightly, we're all about caring for every creature, large and small, which is why we love Save the Duck. Creating outerwear products with a strong respect for people, animals, and the environment is something the brand has gotten very good at. Like the name implies, Save the Duck has saved over 18 million ducks with its Plumtech technology. That's a lot of ducks. Protecting animal welfare is in the brand's DNA, and all of their products are 100% animal-free. Save the Duck avoids the use of any material that may have caused suffering or harm to animals. And it doesn't stop there. The brand also donates 1% of its profits to support charity initiatives that protect our animal friends, people, and the planet. Plus, Save the Duck also became the first fashion company in Italy to achieve the B Corp certification. If you're looking for your next favorite outerwear brand that loves animals, people, and the planet as much as you do, you're in luck. Good Together listeners get 10% off by using the code BRIGHTLY at savetheduckusa.com. That's S-A-V-E-T-H-E-D-U-C-K-U-S-A dot com. It comes as no surprise that the coffee industry is booming. There are more than 37,000 coffee shops in the U.S., and larger chains are estimated to be serving upwards of 700 coffee drinks per day. The average American also spends more annually on their daily cup of joe than they contribute to retirement. For most of us, a cup of coffee is an essential part of our morning routine. But have you ever wondered how eco-friendly your favorite chains are? We researched and scored seven top coffee chains on their consumer-facing eco-friendly practices like the usage of plastic bags, commitments to reduce waste, and more. In this episode, Laura and I will be going over each and you'll be extremely surprised to learn which coffee chain came out on top and which leave a lot to be desired in the eco-friendly category. Let's get started. All right, it's time for another episode. How are you, Lisa? I'm good, and I'm particularly looking forward to this episode because I know for sure this time around my husband will be listening to it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's always funny. Like our friends and family listen, and you know, then sometimes they don't. Obviously, husbands are the worst. Like I'm like, no. didn't you hear this podcast? He's like, like no, no, like, thank <laughs> no, thank you. I'm listening to Joe Rogan. That's the answer oh, that God. I usually oh, get. God. Yes, <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, so this episode is all about coffee, which 
we've done a coffee-based episode before That's talking true. about the supply chain and kind of the ethical considerations, sustainability considerations when drinking a cup of coffee. But we all still drink coffee, right? Like we can tell you about that all day long, but there's, you know, we like coffee. And so especially this time of year, we it's full on pumpkin spice or eggnog or all of the fun drink seasons. <laughs> um, so when we thought about thinking through, okay, how can conscious consumers make a difference this season with their cup of coffee? We actually had our team investigate some of these top coffee chains, how they rank from an eco-friendly conscious consumerism perspective. And the reason why this is so impactful is because I just said everybody drinks coffee, but we actually have data that says, you know, 63% of Americans drink coffee daily. That's according to the National Coffee Association. That doesn't surprise me. Um, But that actually adds up to 400 million cups of coffee a day in the United States. That makes sense. The population of the U.S. is about 350, I think, right now, maybe even more. Yeah. So few of us drink uh, more than one cup per day. So, yeah. Yeah. And, of course, there's kids who don't. But, yeah, I think there are a lot of people who drink more than one cup of coffee per day. That's why the numbers are so great. That's crazy. So, Lisa, you want to talk about, like... um really why we choose to do these types of uh, reports and rankings? Yes. Uh, I mean, with at Brightly, right, you know, we are all about accessible sustainability. And accessible is in, in, in terms of both making it affordable, right, in terms of price points, but also making sure that we share resources with you that you can actually use in your daily life decisions, right? Yes. Uh, we've talked about this already, you know, one of our top performing videos on TikToks and Reels is like, what are some of our favorite sustainable finds at Target, right? Um, and that originally gave us an idea, if you guys remember that episode that came out, I think, a month or so ago. I don't remember when we were releasing this one. But we ranked uh, um, all the chain stores, the major chain stores in the U.S., Target, Walmart, Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, and stuff like that, according to sustainability. It was a massive success. I, we actually, when we did, recorded the episode about it, you you guys know Aldi came at, at the top. Um, this is, again, not sponsored. I want to make sure that you know that. This is yeah. all based on the research that our team has done. Yeah, and not Aldi sponsored. actually... Uh, you can go to their website, go to the sustainability section, and they quote our report there. How cool is that? That's and, super cool. And then what happened next is even better. Um, when I was in New York the other day, um, I think it's about time one of our Scout ambassadors shares in the in our app, on the Brightly app. If you, you're not there, go download it. It's a really fun community place. Uh, she shared a picture uh, of our report, basically the, you know, the, the summary of the report at Aldi. So as as far as we know, Aldi is sharing proudly our report and the rankings at every single one of their 2000 stores around the U.S. Because I've seen it in New Jersey. We had scouts, I think, from Iowa and Missouri sharing it. Anyways, that's super exciting. Uh, but yeah. that's n- not the main reason, right? We're talking about coffee now. We, again, we know we drink coffee on a daily basis, most likely. And most likely, you're drinking them uh, and buying them from the most popular chain stores, right? Of course, we know that America's love for Starbucks, but there's other uh, coffee chain stores. And since, again, we wanted to be realistic with ourselves, we decided to do the research. It's like, which of these coffee chain stores can give you the most sustainable uh, coffee? 
Absolutely. And as always, like we love supporting local businesses or making our own cup and exactly. all of these things. But we wanted to be realistic because we know that lots of Americans get their coffee from these big chains. Um, we did also include a couple, a couple smaller chains um, because they have really loyal fan bases in different regions across the United States. So the list is Starbucks, Pete's Coffee, Dunkin', Big B Coffee, The Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, Blue Bottle Coffee, and Dutch Brothers. So again, you might not be familiar with all exactly. of these, um, but we, when we went to go find, you know, this amount of these, you know, seven candidates that everybody had access to, they didn't exist, <laughs> right? So we tried to get as many as we could in there. So, um, and then we, we, what we did is we took these seven coffee chains, and then we based the rankings on several factors so that you could get the most holistic picture of the impact of your typical or um, you know morning or afternoon coffee run. And so the one thing I want to make really clear about is we always think about this stuff from the lens of a conscious consumer. So sometimes you will hear reports, investigative articles, et cetera. They do a lot of um, digging on really specific data points. We actually kind of wanted to flip that on its head and look for the consumer facing things, right? Like when you walk into the, the chain, what are they doing that you can see with your eyes? So we, we focus a lot on that. And then we also, of course, look at their certifications. We look at the materials that they provide relating to these initiatives. Like we make sure we do our fact checking there, but that's kind of what makes this unique, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, again, we can do a whole different investigative report and like go to like factories or coffee producers around yeah. the world. But uh, again, we want to empower you with the knowledge that what you can see and understand with your own eyes. I think that's much more actionable, at least in the bright view, right? Exactly. So, so the factors that yeah. we used um, for this one were, so first was certifications, like what type of coffee does this chain have available? So fair trade, organic, et cetera whether or not their cups are recyclable. That's an important one. Important one. Commitments to reduce waste. So what are they working on? Commitments to a sustainable future. So like outside of waste, what else are they working on related to sustainability? And finally, we also look to see if that chain carried planet-friendly options like dairy-free milk and plant-based foods. So we wanted to see that as well. Like when you walk in and you don't drink dairy, um, dairy milk, do you have an option? So that's kind of how we did it. Yeah, um, and I think we can get into the rankings, right? And actually, I yeah. want to start by, by saying my husband works for Pete's Coffee. He actually was the one who kind of like half uh, jokingly mentioned this idea to me. Why don't, because he knew that we already done the chain store rank. He's like, why don't you rank coffee chain stores? And funnily enough, before we added Blue Bottle to the rankings, uh, Pete's came on top. And I was back then, when that happened, I was in Morocco. So like, we really did not have anything to do with that in terms of <laughs> promoting Pete's. But um, Blue Bottle eventually came on top. I know maybe some of our listeners will not be familiar with Blue Bottle because it's pretty local and still not as obviously nowhere as close to Starbucks, right? But it has a very, very loyal following here in the Bay Area. It does. And also Blue Bottle has roughly 40 locations around the world. And so, yes, it's big in California, but I've also seen it in New York. Um, they have one in Tokyo. So, you know, this is, while we say it's a local chain, it definitely is growing in influence. So, 
Yes, Blue Bottle came out on top. They got a 21 out of 25 total score. Um, so, you know, one of the reasons that we really, you know, thought that they were the winner in this ranking basically was they're really attempting to shorten the chain of coffee production. So they're, they're very involved in everything, right? They're, they're hyper involved in the growing, the buying, the roasting, brewing, all of the coffee supply chain bits. Um, and the majority of their coffee is certified organic. So that's a big deal. A lot of these bigger chains, you can get organic coffee there, but you have to proactively ask for it. Um, you know, it'll be a blend. If you want an espresso drink, you usually don't have a say in what kind of coffee they're using to blend the espresso. So if a, if a chain's like, look, the majority of our coffee is going to be organic, that's going to be a pretty big, you know, pretty big yeah. deal, right? Exactly. And this, I didn't know that. And um, unlike a lot of other brands that we've uh, covered in these different reports and rankings, I love this fact. This is very interesting. Uh, Blue Ball uh, Coffee announced its goal for all U.S. cafes to go zero waste by the end of 2020, which according to Zero Waste International Alliance means at least 90% of waste is diverted from landfills. Like, That's huge. You know, whenever we see this kind of commitments from big companies, it's usually at... at Maybe 2022, that's like the earliest, usually gigantic company, 2025, 2030, but like 2020 already happened, right? Yeah, so we need <laughs> to check in on that yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but that's big, you know what I mean? And it really shows that, you know, commitment to sustainability and reducing waste. Like this is not just like, you know, long-term future. This is now. And they take this very seriously. And the other piece that's interesting about that is actually Blue Bottle was acquired by Nestle in 2017. And so we get this question all the time in our community, which is like, if a brand that you know and love, a small one, gets acquired by a big guy, is that the end of the world? And a lot of people would say yes, right? Like that's mm -hmm. kind of the typical um, take on it. But you could also look at it another way where if the brand that the acquirer is going to give that small brand permission to continue to operate the way they were and, you know kind of stay out of their way, then you could look at it as like a, a massive opportunity to scale that business. Um, and so the uh, Blue Blue Bottle has actually remained a standalone company under the current Nestle CEO's leadership, which is cool. So um, he's also using that the CEO is using Blue Bottle to help establish more sustainable change for Nestle in general. Um, and actually, it looks like Nestle has committed to be um, net zero by 2050. Pretty cool. Yeah, and you see that, I mean, the difference in, in scale uh, between Blue Bottle and Nestle is massive. So you see the <laughs> commitment, course, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, uh, the Blue Bottle kept its CEO, Brian Meehan, right? Who even when they were acquired by uh, Nestle, he remained. And I think that's that's very important. And it's extremely, extremely strong signal from the uh, from Nestle, uh, kind of in their intention to really let Blue Bottle do what they're doing truly and not like completely changed the company well let's talk about my favorite one well actually that's not true pete's coffee i'm actually <laughs> i think we've talked about this i'm not a huge coffee drinker i kind of do it just to wake up i love my trader joe's uh vanilla <laughs> flavored coffee it's very uh, i'm ashamed to say it sometimes most of my friends are like what is wrong with you but uh my husband works at uh, pete's coffee and uh, pete's is a 
darling of the Bay Area. Now that I'm actually, um, I'm really proud that the Bay Area companies are at the top two squad. That's really cool. Yeah, and oh. Pete's you can actually get in airports and stuff. Like I've definitely yes. seen it around around that, and it's spelled P E E T. If you're not familiar, so when I first moved to the Bay Area, I thought it was like P E T E, but it's P E E T. Um, and they got a 20 out of 25 to score. Pretty yeah, good. so just one uh, less point than Blue Bottle. Um, Pete's, I think it's much bigger. Um, it has 236 locations within the U.S., of course, mostly on the West Coast. But uh, if you're on East Coast, you definitely have seen it around, you know, New York or uh, Washington area. Um, and Pete, since it's, uh, it, I think they started around... 30s, 50s, don't get me wrong. I should know this, but um, they've been around forever. And my husband always loves telling the story that Alfred Pitt, the, uh, the the founder of Pete's Coffee, he actually um, he actually taught uh, the founder of Starbucks how to roast coffee. This is, oh. this is true. This is not an urban legend, but uh, you can learn more <laughs> about this. Um, but anyways, uh, Pete has made continual efforts to be more sustainable throughout its years. The coffee is USDA organic and the chain carries coffee with fair trade, rainforest uh, and bird friendly certifications too. Um, and yeah, this is actually pretty cool that um, because again, we scored uh, each company on seven different factors, seven or five, right? Um, and so we have a score for each part, right? So cup risk uh, recyclability, uh, yeah, um, one of the five factors. And uh, pizza is basically above the rest of the competition in terms of that. Their cups and leads 100% compostable, circumventing the issue with recycling coffee cups, which is, again, I mean, that's cool. that's huge. And the other thing I like about this is so they also make K-cups. Um, if you're not familiar with the K-cup, it stands for Keurig company. It goes into those single-use Keurig machines that were all the rage, I don't know, 10 years ago, roughly, but people still use mm -hmm. them. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, that whole craze got led to a ton of waste, right? Because you were using these single serve coffee pods that yep. were then just being thrown out. Um, so Pete's actually makes K-cups that are also recyclable, which is cool. So all you have to do is wash them out and they are accepted at most recycling facilities, which is pretty cool. Um, another thing that we liked about Pete's is the majority of um, their stores and factories are designed to be eco-friendly and they hand roast 100% of their coffees in the nation's first LEED gold certified roasting facility, um, which is really exciting. Here at Brightly, we're all about caring for every creature, large and small, which is why we love Save the Duck. Creating outerwear products with a strong respect for people, animals, and the environment is something the brand has gotten very good at. Like the name implies, Save the Duck has saved over 18 million ducks with its PlumTech technology. That's a lot of ducks. Protecting animal welfare is in the brand's DNA, and all of their products are 100% animal-free. Save the Duck avoids the use of any material that may have caused suffering or harm to animals. And it doesn't stop there. The brand also donates 1% of its profits to support charity initiatives that protect our animal friends, people, and the planet. Plus, Save the Duck also became the first fashion company in Italy to achieve the B Corp certification. If you're looking for your next favorite outerwear brand that loves animals, people, and the planet as much as you do, you're in luck. Good Together listeners get 10% off by using the code BRIGHTLY at savetheduckusa.com. That's S-A-V-E-T-H-E-D-U-C-K-U-S-A dot com. 
Time and time again, you texted, emailed, and DM'd us for our take on a planet-friendly way to purchase our tried and tested Brightly favorites. Because while the world of conscious consumerism is exploding, making mindful, planet-friendly purchases can still be a challenge. That's where the Brightly shop comes in. To reduce some of the eco-overwhelm, every product we sell has been hand-picked and vetted by the Brightly team. You won't find anything in the shop that has less than five stars. We've gone through hundreds of eco-products to discover new and emerging brands that solve sustainability problems for you every day. We even designed our own products like beeswax wraps to keep things fun and to help you live brightly. So how do we help you shop sustainably? The shop launches on the first Monday of each month and is open for five days. So the shorter, planet-friendly shopping window allows us to only order what we need. After the shop closes, we pack and ship out products in bulk. This low-impact supply chain reduces waste and keeps the planet happy. Brightly is also climate neutral certified. Because we are committed to climate action, we have set our entire carbon footprint from operations to shipping. We believe in the power of collective change, and we are so glad you're joining us on this journey. Go to shop.brightly.eco to see what's in store. I won't be surprised that my that's the facility that my husband actually goes a lot. He's not a roaster, he's a computer engineer, but he goes uh, at the facility it's around Auckland area in Amaryville. Um so that's awesome. Um yeah, so I think I uh, we can talk more about pits, but I think let's move on to the next one, which is a surprising third. Yeah, Duncan. So I'm kind of like old school and I still think of Dunkin' as Dunkin' Donuts, but we know that they, they changed did rebrand. It like like yeah. last year, right? I think it was before that too. I think it's been a few years actually, but yeah. So now it's just plain old Dunkin'. Dunkin'. Um, and it's the second largest coffee chain in the United States. So there's eight, 8,500 locations, 8,500 wow. locations. Imagine so, compare that with Pete's that uh, we were talking about 236, oh right? Oh, so yes. Massive. Different scale massively different scale. Um, and so Duncan got 16 points out of 25. Um, and it's actually right behind Starbucks in terms of size, but actually in terms of conscious consumerism values, it came out ahead of Starbucks. So Duncan has, you know, numerous certifications on some of their coffee. Unfortunately, it's not all, but, um, hundred percent of their espresso is fair trade. Um, but none of their actual coffee holds the certification. So remember what I just said, how your espresso bean is going to be different than your drip coffee. So it's interesting. So if you, if you go to Dunkin' um, and you get an espresso based drink, it looks like it is going to be fair trade, which is cool. Um, so they also do have, um, Rainforest Alliance certified coffee, which unfortunately only 30% of that coffee, it does carry that certification, but, um, it's, you know, they're trying, and then the next thing I wanted to say, which is crazy, I very much grew up in the era of Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> oh, having yes. these styrofoam cups, right? Like it was very visible. Um, it was almost like the the status thing, kind of like the Starbucks cup, right? So, and it was styrofoam, which we all know styrofoam was like the worst thing ever. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. So fortunately, um, Dunkin' has taken steps to move away from the styrofoam cup because by the way that thing takes 500 years to decompose wow 
I feel like we stopped going to Dunkin' roughly. Um, well, like I, I, I can't remember like this new cops at Dunkin' because I, I can't remember the last time I've been to Dunkin'. But I, like, I think this episode was making me hungry for Dunkin'. And I like, I love that they actually made improvements. Another one um, that they like uh, that they've done recently. And again, that's part uh, part of the operations. Dunkin' transitioned all of its restaurants in New England specifically to double-walled paper cup restaurants. So this means that nearly 70% of the Dunkin' system has switched to this Morica-friendly cups. Um, So, and again, you know, when we're talking about pizza, it's like, 100% Hundred percent, like initiative or like blue uh, blue bottle is already like committed to zero waste as of today. But when thirty percent of Dunkin's operations, thirty percent of eighty five hundred stores, again, so I know these numbers are not at hundred percent as we like them to be, but overall impact is much more powerful than anything that blue bottle can do as of right now. When we think about overall uh, exactly. reach, right? Numbers, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, the last few points we wanted to make about Duncan is they're they're pretty serious about their um, energy usage. Um, so they don't have LEED certification, but they have their own version of eco-friendly building standards called DD Green, and which means these buildings use 33% less energy than the average Duncan store. And so it looks like, um, let's see, Currently, they have over 700 of their uh, buildings classified as this, and they really want to reach a thousand. But unfortunately, they still own, you know, thousands, 10,000 stores that they own. So, like, that's still pretty small. Yeah, um, it's pretty small, but again, <laughs> pretty small. There. They're trying. Um, and finally, one thing that we haven't talked a lot about is so all of the options that we've we've mentioned so far do have planet friendly menu options. Um, but Duncan also has an impressive animal welfare policy, which ensures that its suppliers use ethical practices when dealing with animals. So under this policy, they've also eliminated artificial dyes and they're moving towards cage free eggs. So hey. So I know I kind of want a donut now. I don't even think their donuts are that good. Like I'm a donut. I snob, like their I, croissants <laughs> and like breakfast sandwiches. Yeah, I mean Krispy Kreme donuts are probably better. Oh yeah, right. But yeah, we <laughs> haven't drank good. those yet. Yeah. So yeah, we need okay. a new donut shop. We got to go in person though. We got to go really yes. see with our eyes what's yes. going on. <laughs> um. All right. So number four, moving along, Starbucks. Uh, actually, for me, it was surprising. It's actually lower than Dunkin', but just one by one point, fifteen out of twenty-five. But again. Uh, let's talk about the impact on scale of Starbucks. Uh, it's this the largest coffee chain in the world with nearly 15,000 locations in the U.S. alone. Wow. That's um, crazy. The, we'll look up the, the total number, but that 15,000 in the U.S. alone. And they are massive in China, I heard. So uh, it had a tumultuous history with sustainability. It has faced criticism regularly for their sustainability practice or the lack thereof. Uh, but they've come along in recent years. Um, and of course, talking about certifications, that's an important one, I think, for coffee, for me, you know, fair trade. Um, uh, it is the first major coffee house to be 100% fair trade certified. Interesting. Earning the certification to 1,000, right? So it's been 20 years since then. Um, and according to its 2020 Global Impact Report, uh, 98.6% of the coffee is ethically sourced according to coffee and farmer equity practices. So it's another kind of certifying board organization. Um, 
Yeah, interesting part. And that's how I always take these numbers with a grain of salt. Many question how well these organizations are actually overseeing Starbucks practices. Uh, in 2019, story from Reuters looked into coffee plantations in Brazil and found coffee produced by forced labor was stamped with slavery uh, with it was stamped with slavery free by top certification schemes and sold at premium to major brands such as Starbucks. So again, I mean, it is it is difficult. It is massive global supply chain. So yeah. Uh, I, it's amazing and it's great that uh, our team found this investigative reports because unless you go to the actual sources, meet the farmers, meet the artisans, it is still hard to trust. Which all. one day we will, folks. We will get there. But yes. right now we're still a pretty small team, so we try and lean in where we can. And I think the point Lisa's trying to make, too, is like you can have a certification, but if the organization that does a certification doesn't um, follow up or oversee enough, then you can run into problems. So that's kind of what, what she's talking about. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting is we've heard a lot of chatter around Starbucks cups. So, you know, they've definitely received criticism in the past for the lack of cup recyclability. Um, technically, their cups can be recycled, but most recycling facilities don't accept these materials they're made of because they require special processing. And we talk about recycling all the time here, but that's honestly most items. Items that say they're recyclable can't actually be recycled. I hate to break it to you. We've done a ton of information on this, so please go seek it out. Um, and so the impact of this is Starbucks has distributed almost a billion cups that ultimately end in landfills, which is crazy. So what they're trying to do now to stop that, right? They can't really reverse it, but they're trying to stop it. They are trying to phase out plastic straws, which we all have been trying to do with lots of businesses. Um, and I've seen them trying to switch to this kind of like sippy cup style plastic lid for cold beverages similar to the way you'd have a sippy cup style with your hot beverage. Um, but those lids still aren't super recyclable. So they're also testing reusable cup programs. They're doing that actually pretty locally here with me in Seattle. I've seen a few um, tests going on for that. So there's not any word yet on if that's going to be rolled out nationwide, but they're they're testing. So, you know, of course, Starbucks also has all the different dairy-free options that you want. They, they do that probably most, most likely because it's trendy. Um, but again, they do it because conscious consumers are asking them to do so. So overall, um, you know, we gave Starbucks 15 out of 25, which means they've got work to be done, but we know you probably go to Starbucks. So, hey, when you go to Starbucks, if you like that um, dairy-free alternative, go ahead and order that because that tells them that you're interested in it. And then maybe consider like writing the manager a note or writing the um, the corporate folks a note and just saying, hey, like when's this borrow a cup program come to my store? Exactly. Yeah. Again, if if you coffee drinker, if you live, um, you know, not in a major city in the U.S., um, so you don't have access to a lot of local or small chain coffee chains, most likely will be going to Starbucks and you can have a big impact by talking to Starbucks as a brand. Um, let's move on. We still have, I think, three or four left, right? So this one might be less known, uh, I don't know, to folks in the middle uh, or on the west of the U.S., uh, from what I understand, the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf Company. They scored 12 out of 25. I know them personally because I've, um, I've lived a, a little bit in the northern Virginia and around Washington area. 
They're kind of all over the place, so I've seen them in California before. Hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. So then maybe the, that's why the number of locations is pretty low, 176 locations in the U.S., right? I don't believe they are international. They might be, um, but they have been certified by the Green Restaurant Association for over a decade, which is great. Um, the chain, though, is not fair trade certified, and they only offer some certified organic organic options. Yep. So be looking for that, right? Like, regardless of what chain you're going to or small small coffee um, area, just check out and see what kind of coffee it is. What certifications does it have? That's what that's an easy thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, unlike higher ranking options, well, that's that's not surprising. Like pizza and coffee companies that are much, uh, pizza, coffee, and Starbucks, much, especially Starbucks, much, much larger company, coffee bean and tea leaf company, they are less transparent about this coffee supply chain. So that's always kind of a not ideal situation, especially when we are looking into the information. Um, and in terms of this, like, Cup recyclability. The company is working to turn the tide, even though their cups are not accepted at most recycling facilities. Laura, as you were just talking about this, they did launch a pilot program for paper cold cups in Malaysia. So they do have international presence. In 2020, they launched this program and do intend to phase out plastic cups. Yeah. So they're, you know, they say that they're trying to do the work where sustainability is concerned. but they don't but, really offer a ton of information yeah. in terms of what these initiatives actually look like. So that's why they ranked where they did. Um, similar story goes with, you know, our last two options. Um, this one's called Big B Coffee. It's in, it's a, they, we gave them an 11 out of 25. They're largely based in the Midwest. So I personally have never been to a Big B Coffee, but mm-hmm. um, they've got 243 locations in the United States, largely serving the Great Lakes region. So if you're a listener in that region, you probably go there all the time. Um, and, you know, They didn't offer a ton of info about their sustainability efforts, um, but there was a a study done in 2021 that they gave some really interesting insights. Um, So, you know, Bigby does have fair trade coffee and partially farm direct, which means Bigby coffee pays the coffee farmers directly in some of them. So currently 20% of their coffee is farm direct and they're trying to be 50% farm direct by 2023. Um, so that's good. That means that there's less middlemen. I mean, there's no middlemen. Um, and so it, you get more of a, a better relationship with the farmers. Um, you know, cups, unfortunately, they still have the same struggles everybody else is doing. Um, so, but they're, they're working on it. They do have dairy free alternatives to milk. Um, but you know, we, we didn't have a ton of information to go off here. So we were really only able to give them a pretty low score of 11 out of 25. It's And it's interesting, the cup recyclability. Now I understand why we said like pizzas above and beyond uh, on the cup recyclability yes. factor, like five out of five, because yeah, guess what? Everybody else, uh, you know, they have recyclable options, but guess what? If they're recyclable. They're not going to be, you know, home recyclable. So, yeah. so. so it's it's interesting. Um, And then, yeah, to wrap it up, the last one was Dutch Brothers. So Lisa, have you been there? Because I have been to Dutch Brothers before. I uh well yes when we visited you last time we drove by a lot of them right mm-hmm. around the Pacific Northwest um, but I don't think I've been there actually yeah so they're mostly localized to Oregon but there's a so many of them in the Pacific Northwest yeah um, so they have so like 446 many. locations that's crazy um so unfortunately they were the lowest score on our list with eight out of twenty five and there's just reason for this is there's just there's just no information. Um, so the company itself doesn't have any certifications, doesn't require the coffee suppliers to be organic. Um, and you know, it's not good with the cups like everybody else. 
And there's just no information about recycling or waste management. Um, it's it was just kind of a black hole of information. It was it wasn't great. Um, so the only places we were really able to give them any positive scores were um, they do offer uh, you know more non dairy milks. Um, so we you know we gave them some points there. Um, but yeah, like overall, it was a pretty. <laughs> it was not a great, uh, not a great find, right? Yeah, and I think again, uh, transparency and just some kind of information on the company's websites and their locations—it's the minimal step at this point. You know, what I mean, the company should be doing so. It, it is pretty uh, big red signal if you can't find any information easily on their websites. But again, um, let's kind of do a quick sum summary the takeaway of our um, great job by our content team in terms of investigating uh um this coffee chains for you and ranking them yeah of course, so nobody usual, got a yeah, yeah right like this is crazy <laughs> no right? like, surprise nobody there. got a perfect score <laughs> and nobody as we always say nobody no company is perfect no consumer is perfect so um, and then, you know, while we can't control how sustainable certain coffee chains are, we can make choices that enable us to be more eco-friendly coffee drinkers, right? We can use our own reusable mug to reduce waste. I think uh, we've covered it multiple times, like Starbucks, correct me if I'm wrong, Laura. Now we can again bring our own cup to Starbucks so. at least some mm -hmm. locations, which is great. And use, we as consumers are empowered to do so. We can also support the companies that have certifications and practices in place that support people on the planet and of course support your local coffee stores too absolutely so like we said this episode as always is not designed to stop you from going out to get your cup of coffee but maybe if you have options you can consider ones that rank higher than others um and again you can write if you if you really like dutch brothers um you can write them and say hey i want to know what your company is doing from a sustainable um, eco-friendly, conscious consumer perspective. Like I'm a conscious consumer, help me understand what's going on. So just by asking them, you help bring this information to the surface. It helps us spread the information around about them. Um, and just, you know, kind of gives you, gives you different options. So I was so excited when our team did this. Um, I learned so much myself. I was definitely surprised by a few of these different results. So, um, yeah, for me, this was just a win-win situation. I love coffee. <laughs> <laughs> great. Well, great job, team. And thank you guys for listening. for joining us on another episode of Good Together. As always, you can get show notes and explore lots more content related to all things eco-friendly living by checking out brightly.eco slash podcast. And don't forget to join in on the conversation that's happening on our Facebook group. Simply search Good Together Ethical Shopping and it'll come up. You can also leave us a question through voicemail. The link is on brightly.eco slash podcast. If you're into social media, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, and all of the channels. Our username is brightly.eco. Finally, we want to leave you with a reminder. Every day is a chance for you to create change, and you're already covered for today since you joined us here on the podcast. Stay kind and live brightly.